everybody, and welcome to the Total Soccer Show. I'm your host, Taylor Rockwell. Daryl Grove is actually with me in studio right now. He's just shown up. He's drinking water. He didn't know he'd be on mic, but Daryl Grove's here. Am I supposed to be involved? No. Hello. Um, <laughs> today I'm going to be talking. To my water. Yeah. Today I'm going to be talking to Caitlin Murray about the uh, the U.S. Women's National Team and the World Cup final against the Netherlands. Daryl, thoughts? Okay, anyway, so uh, Caitlin and I are getting into how long Caitlin has been in France. It's been a difficult time in the sense that she's been away for like a month. Being on the road, living out of a suitcase can be challenging. But when you're covering the Women's World Cup and the U.S. national team, it can be very fun. Right, Daryl? So anyway. Can I uh, to your manager? <laughs> That's what you get for sitting in front of the mic when I do the introduction. Uh, but we also get into sort of uh, some lineup uh, conundrums maybe Jill Ellis will be facing, some fitness issues, uh, or maybe lack thereof in the U.S.'s case, which is always a positive thing, and then just overall Caitlin's impressions on what she's expecting from the World Cup final and beyond. So, uh, with all that said, I will turn it over to me talking to Caitlin Murray, unless Daryl has anything else to add? No. Daryl says no. So here's me talking to Caitlin. With me now, I've got Caitlin Murray. He's been covering the World Cup for The Guardian. Caitlin, thank you very much for taking the time to come back on the show. Of course, anytime. Uh, well, we do appreciate it. I know you've been in France for like almost a month now. Uh, are, are, I'm assuming you've reached the point where you're ready to be uh, to be home. Is that about right? Yeah, I mean, France is a beautiful country. It's been a fun adventure going to all these different cities, following the team, being part of this tournament, which has turned out to be really exciting. But I would like to yeah. go somewhere where I can read the menus. <laughs> uh, as a vegetarian in France, they don't really oh, cater yeah. to that at all. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I miss Portland. Um, I miss being in the same time zone as everybody. So, um, and I miss having like clean clothes and not living out of a suitcase. But yeah. I'm not complaining. It's very fun. We're sort of at the finish line. And yeah, I'm really excited for the final. I imagine that must be like almost like emotionally draining that like, because I have never covered a tournament for that long, uh, certainly not on the ground for that long, but I have traveled for a good bit of time. And it, yeah, it reaches that point where it's like, I know I should be really, really enjoying this. And it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity, but I, I'm I'm ready to like sleep in my own bed. I, I, I get that feeling. So <laughs> I also also imagine from what it sounds like the uh, the temperature hasn't necessarily made it that much easier to uh, to exist in France. Yes, no, I it was I think it was a hundred degrees today, um, and I even you know I'm all the way out here like getting to Europe from the west coast is quite the trek. So I was like. I'm out here. Maybe I should just like go to Germany or go somewhere else. Sort of add a few days to the trip. But if it's going to be 100 degrees, I do not want to do that. I just want to get back to Portland and get my air conditioning, which air conditioning not as common in Europe. So, um, yeah, I think that having these games has sort of helped it fly by mm-hmm. because you're always looking ahead to the next game. You always have a game and you're always moving cities. So you it, you kind of don't realize how long you've been here and how long you haven't washed your clothes and all those <laughs> sorts of things. So, yeah, now that we have the final to look forward to, I think it kind of makes it a little easier because now I can just look ahead to Sunday. I'm excited about that. I'm not really thinking like, oh, i got to wait a few more days to go home. Now I'm just kind of thinking, OK, the final Sunday, this is going to be a really big day. 
There we are. Well, I, I do want to talk about the final, but first, uh, I wanted to talk about Alex Morgan, as does everyone, apparently. Uh, <laughs> we love the Alex Morgan celebration. Uh, I think the fact that it's even being covered as somewhat controversial is a bit stupid, because to <laughs> me, it was a shot at the English press. But now, like, I listened to The Guardian uh, today, the fo- uh, Football Weekly today, and they were talking about how, like, it was a shot at all of England or a shot at the English national team. So w- where are you on the celebration? Not even necessarily was it controversial, because I'm assuming you don't think it was, but more so. So who did you think it was aimed at or from what you've heard, who was it aimed at? Yes. Yeah, so in the moment during the game, when I saw it, I, w- I was wondering if it was a reference to like English tea or something, because <laughs> obviously people in England love to drink tea. Mm-hmm. Um, then in the mix zone afterward, she was asked about it and she sort of laughed that people were even asked about it. She said, you know, Rupino or, you know, Pino, she said, Pino celebrates all the time and does all these crazy celebrations and you guys don't ask. I do one and everyone's freaking out about it. She didn't really answer the question. But then in the press conference right after that, she said, you know, we we haven't taken the easy road to the final. Um, we have... Um, you know, we didn't take the easy road, essentially, is what she said. And that's the T, is how she ended her comment. That's the T. And... So that's what she said again today. Today, again, she was asked and she said, that's the tea is just an expression like that's the gossip. That's the story. That's what's going on. You know, people use the expression spilling tea, that sort of thing. So that's what she said. I will say in the press or um, in the mix zone when, you know, she was asked about it. I did. (laughs) I did yell out, um, you know. Alex was that English tea. She did not hear my question, so I never got an answer as to what kind of tea. Maybe it was Earl Grey. Maybe it was chai tea. And everyone's just, you know, freaking out for no reason. Like, we don't know what kind of tea it was. I don't think she heard me. There were like 20 other people yelling questions at her, but... You know, I did try for the sake of journalism. I appreciate to find that. Out. For the sake of journalism, I appreciate <laughs> that. Could have been an espresso. We don't. We don't know. We don't know these things. But yeah. But I, but I. But I appreciate you uh, uh, at least trying to get to the bottom of that one. Uh, I appreciate you also bringing up Megan Rapino because that's another one I wanted to talk about uh, in the lead up to this game. She uh, missed the England game with a mild hamstring issue, or at least that's what uh, the the narrative was. I'm, I'm believing it. Uh, <laughs> she missed that one. Rose Lavelle had to sub off. Uh, clearly said she had a hamstring issue. Uh, so what's the latest on this? their respective uh, fitnesses. Yeah. So Rose Lavelle was made available today and she said she's fine. Um, It was just sort of a minor thing, precautionary. She expects that she's going to be fine. We spoke to Megan Rapinoe two days ago. She said that she expects she'll be fine as well. She said it was something minor and just sort of every day it's gotten better and she expects to be 100 percent for the game on sunday all right that's that that's that's good news were you surprised when you saw the lineup against england and megan rapino wasn't there is that something that maybe there had been some inclination that was coming or was it a complete surprise it was a complete surprise and a complete mystery that everyone was freaking out about because (laughs) when something like that happens the first thing you know the press corps does is you know reach out to u.s soccer say you know, is she injured? What's going on? That answer never really came. There was only confirmation that it was not disciplinary, which I don't even think anyone was considering. Sorry to President Trump. I I don't think anyone (laughs) considered that possibility. And so we didn't know if she was injured or not. And there were just so many theories, conspiracy theories 
is she injured? You know, is she not? Why is she even on the bench as a substitute? If she is injured, people saw her with tape on her hamstring. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's tactical. Uh, Megan Rapino did not have a very good game against uh, Spain. That right back did a really good job containing her. So if Phil Neville is to be believed and Lucy Browns is the best right back in the world, maybe you don't want Megan Rapino up against her. Maybe you'd rather have Kristen Press and her acceleration and her speed. So there were all these sorts of narratives and discussion. And then it was funny. Megan Rapino comes through the mix zone after the game and she's asked about it. And she just sort of casually says, oh, they didn't tell you. It's just a minor hamstring issue. It was nothing. <laughs> she was like, oh, they didn't tell you. And it's like, no, they didn't tell us. The Internet has been freaking out. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, it was surprising, but I think it was just, you know, a precautionary thing and she'll be fine. Yeah. And then if people, people miss this, I'm guessing you're already well aware, but for people who may have missed, I saw Doug McIntyre tweet out that I guess the reason she was on the bench, Rapino was on the bench is in case she needed to take a penalty, but then they wanted to keep it secret in case that maybe gave something <laughs> away. A lot of games, yeah. like a lot of uh, strategy happening here from Jill Ellis. Uh, I, I kind of like it. I got to say. Yeah. And I feel like that's been sort of something we're learning about Jill Ellis is that she'll do a lot of things that we don't understand and she's not going to tell us why, but mm -hmm. there's clearly a reason because she has navigated this World Cup rather rather well, I would say, at this point. Yeah. Right. And, oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, she, go ahead. Yeah, she said in the press conference that, you know, she wanted Pino to be an option for a penalty kick if that came up. So, yeah. So so then, though, like, that leads, though, to the next question of, like you said, there was no indication Rapino wasn't going to play. It was a complete surprise. So, so then with that in mind, it's kind of an unfair question. But like, what other complete surprises do you think Jill Ellis might throw at us in the <laughs> final? Or are you expecting it to be sort of the more standard 4-3-3 with like kind of the established personnel that we've seen already? Yeah, I mean, it's the final. I think it would be weird to completely change things in the final. You know, you dance with the one that Barnga, yeah. or in this case, the 11 players and the style and the formation. And I mean, there have been tweaks game to game. And I don't think we've actually seen the same starting lineup more than twice uh, in this World Cup. So, I mean, there's definitely been rotation. Um, and it's, I think it's possible we see a little bit of that again, but... I think if you just look at the Netherlands, I think the U.S. is a better team than the Netherlands. So I don't think they need to freak out and try to change everything. I think if they just play their game, they're going to beat the Netherlands. And I'm sure that's a question you were going to get to. Spoiler alert, I think uh, the U.S. is going to win on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it is a question I was going to get to because like, I, I, I rarely am confident saying like this team is definitely going to win. It could be – Manchester United could be playing an amateur team and I would still say like, well, you know, I mean it might go. You never know. Like, and, that's, and yet I do find myself thinking like I feel like the U.S. has this one. Kim McCauley had a great tweet where she, she was making the argument that like – we're going to kind of like psych ourselves up. We're going to talk ourselves into the Netherlands being this amazing team. And then the U.S. is going to score three goals in the first 30 minutes. And I do kind of feel like that's the chance. So are, are you feeling similarly? Do you think that this is sort of unless the United States makes some major mistakes? And again, I feel awkward asking this because it feels like hubris and arrogance. But do you think this is the United States' uh, World Cup final? Yeah, I mean, I think the Netherlands are not a bad team to sleep on by any means. I think if you look at their attacking line, they have 
you know, other than the U.S., maybe the best sort of attacking line in the tournament, most potent attacking uh, group. And I think they're really good on the counter. And if from a tactical standpoint, you're thinking about how the U.S. can be beaten, I do think it is in transition. I do think it is sort of using speed and getting them behind when the U.S. gets a little pushed up, a little too far up the field and attacking. So I think that the Netherlands does have the personnel uh, to beat the U.S. in a tactical way. But I think, like I said, I think the U.S. is a better team. And if if this does sort of fall apart for the U.S., I'm thinking someone got a red card at some point. Or, you know, Alyssa Nair, I think there was so much discussion about her uh, going into the tournament. And I do think she had some nervy moments, but then against England, of course, she saves that penalty kick, which um, sort of erases all of that. But I do think, you know, maybe a goalkeeper error or something like that, maybe that's the scenario where the Netherlands, Netherlands wins. I just, I think that the U.S. is a better team. And so if those sorts of things don't happen, if the U.S. doesn't screw up, if there's not red cards, if there's not mistakes, I just have a hard time believing that the U.S. isn't going to be able to pull out a victory. Much more still to come from a slightly homesick Caitlin Murray. Uh, but before we get to that, we should probably talk about today's sponsor. And to do that, I say we because I have a we in studio. It's me and Daryl. Hello, Daryl. Yeah, it's we, Daryl. It's we, Daryl. <laughs> from we, Britain. You're, you're a little tiny baby, Daryl. I've shrunk you down. First, I stole you from chemo. Now I've shrunk you to tiny levels. <laughs> and so people know, mm-hmm. no chemo right now. Um, it's but you are shrunken. Back, but I am shrunken. Yes. I am tiny. Somehow my voice maintains its, uh, its, its full uh, base. It's slightly yeah. disconcerting. It's squeaky. Yeah, it's like, it's like an animated movie where the, uh, like the tiny baby character talks at full volume. Yeah. Daryl is standing on the desk holding his microphone. That's how short he is. <laughs> so that SNL sketch with the, yes. the baby boss. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Daryl is here to help me talk about today's sponsor. Hello, Fresh. Hello, Fresh. Yeah. I like, to, I like to greet it that way. HelloFresh <laughs> is the meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. Enjoy being the most uh, important part. And if you are ready to conquer the kitchen, oh boy. just like the in the Revolutionary War, we conquered the airports, um, <laughs> HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality with deliciously simple recipes. The look on your face says you haven't been paying attention to the news. Uh-uh. I will explain that to you off air. Uh, I remember now. Yes. I, okay. Oh, we live in a nightmare. Um, hello, Fresh. But at least we can eat well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. That is great. And you can eat well, but also cook simply. Yep. Uh, they deliver fresh, pre-measured ingredients with easy-to-follow six-step pictured recipe cards delivered to your door each week in special insulated boxes. I feel like I've thrown you with that reference. Oh, I just, I've been happy in my little like Total Soccer Show office yeah, bubble yeah. today. And I haven't gone outside, yeah. so I don't have to deal with humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and then you brought it all crashing back. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> well, much like reading mm-hmm. from a teleprompter, yeah. um, all of the meals come, <laughs> come together in 30 minutes max, require, call for less than two pots and pans, and you get the recipe card. So you can just read mm-hmm. the step-by-step instructions. And as long as you don't go off, off script mm-hmm. and trust your own knowledge of history yeah. or food, you absolutely cannot go wrong. The recipe cards will see you through because there's the right amount of ingredients 
and there's the correct steps, and then you get the food at the end. And if you're a person who, say, doesn't like reading detailed instructions but prefer <laughs> bullet point memos, then you also are covered here because, as I said, a lot of pictures. Very, very simple instructions with a lot of pictures, and that makes it easy to cook <laughs> and keeps your attention. <laughs> there are three plans to choose from, the classic, the veggie, and the family, and you have the option to switch <laughs> switch between those when your tastes change. Or, you know, One day you can say one thing, oh, God. one day you can say something <laughs> completely different, and no one will bat an eyelid. It will just feel normal after a while. Oh, boy. All right. And for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash TSS80 and enter the code TSS80. There is a horse in a hospital. <laughs> um, yeah, TotalSockShow.com slash TSS80 and use the promo code TSS80. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. As I said, we will be getting back to the conversation with Caitlin Murray. She and I are about to kind of get more into what the United States might do against the Netherlands, but we've just finished. Daryl hasn't heard the interview. Uh, talking a bit about how we're both slightly uncomfortable talking about the United States as a, like, yeah, they should win this game. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of being the case. Are you in that mindset, too, that it feels like this is a game they should win? I am, but pride comes before a fall, right? Exactly. So See, we, that's what it keeps going back to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I believe it, but I also don't want to believe it because I don't want to be mm-hmm. the person that is adding to the pride before the fall. Exactly. Um, so one thing we should do maybe with yeah. this little segment uh, that we, mm-hmm. we're together is talk about the threats of the Netherlands. Because I'm guessing, several. I'm going to guess Caitlin Murray has been very tight with mm-hmm. the US women's national team. She obviously knows a lot more about the women's national team than I do. Yeah. But I would, about the US, sorry. I would guess we've seen more of the Netherlands because we've done that crazy thing where we sit in the office and watch all the games. Yes. Every single game and pay nerdy attention to detail to various tactics. I, again, I cannot remember if we've already done this in the episode or we're about to do this in the episode. So I kind of go on at length at a certain point in here about uh, uh, Midema, the number nine striker yeah. for the Netherlands. So maybe let's not mention her and we'll save that for okay. future me. But let's talk more. Future me. But I think I also do say in this show there's a player that you very much like. Oh, so yeah, let's I mean, talk about her. To me, the main threat and mm-hmm. the player that makes this Netherlands, Netherlands team tick attacking and defending is Daniela van der Donk. Yep. Van der Donk is the smartest person in the room all the time. You know what I'm saying? All the time. Yeah, the smartest person in the room. All right. She's like Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network when he sits down with all the lawyers mm-hmm. and he just has that like that sense about him. If you watch van der Donk, she is the one that finds the space and makes things happen. That goal they eventually scored against Sweden... Van der Dunk is the one that made it happen, right? By finding yep. the space and then making the pass for the, the Miedemar layoff. You said nice things about Mark Zuckerberg, and I'm genuinely still kind of really. Oh, from you can that. be smart and still be a terrible person. Oh, okay, there we Daniel, go. Okay, now I'm back from in. From what I can tell, Van der Dunk is both smart and good at soccer. And, and not se- a terrible person? Seems like a, seems okay. like a nice person. Unless yeah. she hands the United States a loss on, on Sunday. Oh, then she's, then she's the absolute she's worst. She's a bad person, yeah. She's the absolute worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Van der Dunk, you've really yep. got to watch her movement, right? She will not just sit behind the striker. She will drift left. She she will drift right. She will go. She will go far. She will come short. She will find the space and get the mm-hmm. ball. There's almost an argument that we should we should man to man marker, uh-huh. like put Julie Ertz on her. But I don't see Jalelis doing that kind of thing. I see the US doing more of a pass her around. Everybody talk to each other. Make sure somebody's got her all the time. Yeah, kind of thing. I, I, I number like, ten by the way, Van der Dunk. Yeah. If you're just looking at the screen, mm-hmm. number ten, obviously. I don't think we need to man to man mark with Julie Ertz because, and I forgive me because I forget who did the graphic, um, but the explanation of England's kind of touches on the ball. If you look at it, there's 
a pretty much giant gap in the middle of the field, which is where Julie Ertz usually sits. It's where she eats. Yes. So I think she she made <laughs> – It's where she gets that bread. Exactly. <laughs> and makes that bread because she wins the ball. She like puts in defensive plays in a more – especially against England in a more controlled way than I think I am used to. Yeah. Because that was one of my concerns heading into the France game, I believe, is her sort of going into like tackles full speed. Yeah. Going after people full speed can be good. Yeah. can also be bad. If against you have a, France, she did it and won it. Yeah. Yeah. And against England, the same. Yeah. So I I think I, I kind of trust in Juliet at this point, knocking on wood again, uh, <laughs> to kind of handle that without having to man-mark uh, Van der Dunk. But we'll okay. see if that changes uh, in the game. Okay, and then we've also got to be wary of the other two midfielders. There's a lot of focus on Van der Dunk, but Gronen is the player that scored the goal against Sweden. Spitzer is really good on their set pieces, mm-hmm. so don't sleep on Gronen and Spitzer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want to talk about Miedemar, striker, because you'll talk about her later, I think we should talk about the wingers. Okay. Um, it's really interesting because this coming into the tournament, this was a strength of the Netherlands. Most teams have sat back and sort of made it hard for the wingers to go past anybody. And we go into the final with uh, Van der Sanden being sort of dropped from the starting mm-hmm. 11 in the semi-final, right? Uh, Berenstein started. Yep. Um, and then Lika Martens, maybe their best player alongside Van der Duncan and Miedemar. Lika Martens, the, the player that's in that Nike ad, right? She's yeah. the one that takes the mascot by the hand and drags her around the field, which I don't <laughs> think was legal, but it was a good ad. Um, I mean, 12 players on the field. I'm not sure about that yeah, one. Exactly, yeah, exactly, right? Um, she has a possible foot yep. injury, right? Is it a toe injury? That's the what reason? she carried into the tournament, and then that's why I believe she was substituted at halftime. Yeah, my guess is, assuming she can move, yep. she will either take a painkilling injection or she will just grin and bear it because it's a World Cup final. It's like we learned nothing from Varsity Blues. Painkilling injections, not the best way to go. Uh, no, it won't be. I don't think it'll be a good idea long term if she does a painkilling injection, but she will be, I assume, determined to play yeah. in the World Cup final because how many chances do you get? It's right? true. Uh, you're right. And so I, I think she probably will be there no matter what, but mm-hmm. that no matter what is sort of important because if it's Lika Martins at 90% playing through 50% pain, yeah. she's probably not quite as effective as maybe we've seen at other points in yep. this competition. 15% concentrated power of will. Wow. Um, but we should be wary because the US fullbacks love to get forward, right? Hara loves to get forward. Crystal Dunn lives to get forward. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't leave space in behind nah. for Berenstein slash Van der Sanden to exploit and Martins slash someone without a bad toe uh, to yes. exploit. Is it Rod? Maybe is the player yeah. that would come in. Um, we can't leave that wide open. I don't mm-hmm. think. I, there's an idea that the US always just goes in being, we're the better team. We're going to dominate the ball. We're going to take our game to you. We could live to regret that yep. because no one's given the Netherlands space before. We might be the first team to give them space and we might be in for a horrible surprise if we do so. Yes. Yeah. Here, here is my question, though, because I think even if the United States does kind of like worry about the defensively, they do maybe keep Crystal, Crystal Dawn and Kelly Hara a little bit deeper, make sure they track back. I think they can handle that. My question, strangely, is like if the United States gets up a goal, as they have done in this competition routinely... Yeah, in the first five minutes. And I think this was on... Like, I, I've heard a couple different people make this point now. It seems as though they tend to go defensive after that, that it's almost yeah. a like, okay, well, we're ahead, now we're just going to see this game out. And I don't quite understand why they don't try to kill the game off more completely earlier on, yeah. or keep trying to kill the game off, even when they're up 2-0. It feels like they go into a more defensive uh, long ball approach. Uh, Joe Lowry wrote about this for The Athletic. I know you're, you talk to him today that'll be out later on as well yeah the big goal cup final yep. preview with Joe Larry yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, when he was talking about the US women against England that was one of his points is that like after they scored that first goal and did kind of bypass, in- bypass England's press they went very direct to Alex Morgan every single time yeah. and that's something I would like to see them do less of against the Netherlands
Netherlands. Letter Even if it's a little risky, I'd rather if, them try to play out of the back. But what if Netherlands like mm-hmm. send people forward and play high and just give us that space to exploit? It's not as pretty. It's not as nice to watch. But putting balls in behind from Morgan and Rapinho, mm-hmm. Rapinho, excuse me, slash press. Rapinho's fine. Um, and Heath to yeah. run onto. If it's effective, why not go for it? Yeah, I, I think, okay, I take your point. And you're right. I, I, and I'm not going to be too angry one way or the other. I just, it is strange to me that, like, I felt like England were a worse team than France. Not a bad team, but not as good of a team. Mm-hmm. And yet it still was an unless an IR save away from having to go to extra time and potentially penalties and yeah, yeah. things could have been very different. France, it ends up being a closer game because Wendy Renard pulls that one goal back. Yeah. And it just seems like for all the times in Spain, the same. So uh, for all the time that it seems like the United States should have easily won in every single knockout round game so far, it has ended with us being very stressed out at the end. Yeah. And, and watching know, the US in a 5-4-1 yeah. crossing our fingers that that horror of handball is not given and exactly. so on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and but and like I know this is a very uh, like not that difficult of a prospect of like oh I'm sorry you're it's nervous in the final 15 minutes of the knockout round when you keep advancing like I get that yeah. but I I would Argentina like, and Scotland wish they had that problem they do uh, but I would m- much be much happier to see the United States uh, pull a USA Japan in 2015 and sort of come out storming yeah. and really kill the game off even if, after 15 minutes. even if there's no drama I would still I just don't want to spend half an hour being like please 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 yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. oh no oh no oh yeah. no <laughs> so that's that's where I am with this one okay that makes sense to me uh, one final threat I would like to point out sure. for the Dutch um, is Bloodworth's passing Oh, uh, Bloodworth, who's married to an American? Yeah, you, okay. you may have heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so remember, her- keep an eye, keep, keep an ear out for that one. That's on your uh, walk up final bingo card. <laughs> we should make that. Um, her passing out of the back is Dal Camper esque, mm-hmm. which is the biggest compliment I can give. She can hit those big diagonals, and that's the threat for like those balls into uh, Martins or Berenstein or Van der Sanden. Those balls will be dangerous. Also, just quick passes along the floor in terms of breaking the lines. She might be the one, Bloodworth, number 20 centre-back, who finds Daniela van der Dunk like two-thirds of the way up the field with one really smart pass that breaks the line. So right. keep an eye on number 20's passing and maybe get Alex Morgan in her face. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. I, I have been then compiling all the other uh, spaces for a World Cup final bingo card, <laughs> in, including something about being the Dutch being just so fast. That's got to be in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JP Della Camera calling an, any player you want by their first name. You could do like five <laughs> or six of those squares. On second reference, right? He often goes, Morgan with the ball. Alex still has it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which yeah. if you've never seen the game before, you'd be like, "What is it? Two different players? What are we talking about?" It, it is a little strange. He does. He <laughs> does. Alex. He does. Megan for Rapino. Yeah. Uh, I think he does. Tobin for Heath. Yeah. yeah. I, there's one more in there that I feel like he does pretty regularly, but I can't remember who it is. Yeah. Okay. So that's on the. Oh, we're yeah. gonna have to do this now. Welcome final bingo yeah. card. A reference to how many finals the Netherlands has lost, including Ooh. men's and women's. Okay. How like total World Cup final defeats mm-hmm. for the Netherlands, right? Do we, is it too easy to say uh, reigning World Cup champions versus European champions? Oh, that's, that's going to be in there. That seems like it'll be in there, that right? That will be maybe right before kickoff. Okay. As a like, final, like, yeah. oh, this is a big deal kind of thing. <laughs> yes. I'm try- <laughs> what else could there be? Oh, I, oh! Now you put me on the spot. Uh, cut, should, should there be? Uh, oh, the top scorer, the top scorer chase. Oh yes, um, the number of goals that Alex Morgan has and Megan Rapinoe have. That that yeah. makes sense. What yeah. about a cut to Hope Solo? Do we think that's in there? Should we put that on the bingo card? Yes. Okay. Because that's not Fox's decision, but that yeah. will be a world feed decision, yes. and they will definitely find her in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Okay. Possibly after Naya makes a mistake or a save, we'll see. Yep. Hope Solo. Let's be real specific and say it will go from Naya to Solo. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. All right. And then uh, final one, do we go FIFA officials pictured in the crowd or do we go celebrities? Because I feel like they always try to find one celebrity at a major event. Yeah. But they might just go like Infantino with the two presidents with them. Let's stick them both on. Okay. Yeah, Infantino with the two presidents right. and then sort of random celebrities who are in Lyon for the final. I do not know how many squares we've just given you, but I feel like that was plenty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, which random celebrity do you expect to see? Because like Beckham was there for England, but there's no reason for him to be there for the U.S. versus the Netherlands. Uh-huh. Uh, like uh, Mick Jagger, where he just randomly a shot? small Dutch boy with clogs. A small is that Dutch yes? Boy with clogs. Is that is that allowed? Yeah. Can I, can that be my answer? <laughs> That's too generic. <laughs> uh, who I mean I don't know because it's it's tough though. Like because like Beckham was there, but Beckham was there for England. Yep. I I struggle to think of the major Dutch celebrity who mm-hmm. who could be in attendance. Virgil Van Dyke. Okay, you think Virgil Van Dyke? Virgil there? Van Dyke. We that, spot Virgil Van Dyke in the crowd. That would be or nice. any current Dutch men's national team player. I, now, okay, here's a, here, let's flip this one around because that's possible. Yeah. What about cause, Van Persie just retired? He's got free time. All right, but is he? Fa- yeah, he's famous enough. I mean, I, I, I want. Know, I know who he is. I want there to be like an Oprah. I think we need Oprah in the Oprah. crowd. I want Oprah in the crowd. Also, an American celebrity who would mm-hmm. go over there and would have the financial means to get a ticket no matter what and shrug yes. off the cast. Yes, Oprah. Yeah. Yes. I think Oprah could potentially start for one of these two teams if she really wanted to. <laughs> she, she has that amount of power. She has the influence. I think that's a great shout. Right. I think Oprah is, the, Oprah is the way to go. If not, then I feel like we get – and I'm going to include a halftime cut to an Oprah tweet because I think that's also fair. <laughs> uh, any chance the current administration sends the VP? <laughs> Sometimes they do that. I'm, I'm going to take that as a no. That's a no. <laughs> That's no, a no. Mitch McConnell. Oh, Mitch but you McConnell's know what? There. That that is another bingo square. Some sort of reference to Megan Rapino and the President of the United States. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. of course. Okay, I think yep. we have all the bingo. Squares I think we've got them all. I think we've got them all. <laughs> but before we get back to my conversation with Caitlin Murray, talking about maybe more topical things when it comes to the USA Netherlands World Cup final, we should talk about our other sponsor for today, Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club. Thank you to Dollar Shave Club. They just sent us a box. They did one each. Right? Did you get one as well? Uh, I left you the box. I took my uh, materials that I was sent out of the box so that you could have the handy box to transport. Since I'm assuming, are you on your bicycle? I am not on my velocipede today. <laughs> uh, I got it right. Actually, my bike's in the shop. It's ready to be picked up. It's still ready I to get, be picked up? Oh, that's I, right. They, it was close for July. By first. the way, this is how much time Daryl and I spend in studio now that I know the limitations of when Daryl can and cannot pick up his bicycle. <laughs> that's that's the, the <laughs> sort of uh, week it's been for us. I mean, anyone could have guessed July 4th is yes. that you can't pick up your bicycle. But I do know that you called them on the afternoon of july 3rd to yeah. figure out a possible time this is so boring do you know what they what? said july 5th i'll be there from 12 to 1 mm-hmm. give me a call called them yeah several times between the hours of 12 and 1 no one picked up and you know what that's why you can't trust stores daryl <laughs> that's why you can't trust physical brick and mortar locations so you should shop online maybe? exactly you should shop online but even then like i can't you, believe you've rescued this whole you want them to, you want to know that you can get everything you need in one place and that's why you need dollar shave club because they have all the things you need to look and feel uh yep. pretty in in the face area specifically in the face area yes. and much like brad pitt mm-hmm. i want to know what's in the box <laughs> so i opened up the box slightly less distressing than his box it's yeah. way less distressing it is <laughs> Um, there's the prep scrub. Uh-huh. It's the first thing I grabbed. Mm-hmm. It's the thing I love the most. Me too. The prep scrub. Do you know what? Do you, have you ever read out the full title of it? Mm-mm. Are you ready? I am. Dr. Carver's Mandatory Prep Scrub. Mandatory Prep, prep yes. Scrub. All right. Properly prepare for shave greatness with the prep scrub. Do we think Dr. Dr. Carter is actually a Dr. Carter? Dr. Carver? Carver. Carver, yeah. Is Dr. Dr. Carver, Carver a doctor? I think Dr. Carver may be a, a, shave science? a branding exercise, much like uh, Ronald McDonald. All right, that's fair. <laughs> what about Dr. Sh- Dr. Carver's Easy Shave Butter? Do you have any of that? I, I have it in my hands right I know now. You do. For 
effortless, delightful shaving. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I love the branding. I love the look of this stuff. But it is also... It's high quality stuff. It That's is. the really important thing. It's not just like branding and inside. It's like some something you don't want to see. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff inside all these tubes. It is. You're not wrong though. The branding is nice and like like the packaging as well because it does feel a little bit like when you when you put it all together in the bathroom, you do have that moment of like it looks like a, a fancy spa going yeah, on. Yeah, right. I enjoy this. Yes, Maybe even even in my class. small my small bathroom in our small house, uh-huh. you still have the. Uh, it looks like yeah, the fancy upstairs spa. Does it make I you feel like that. you have that Oprah money and you could just buy World Cup final tickets whenever you wanted? I would love to feel. Like I have that Oprah money. <laughs> You'd have to get the full set of all the Dollar Shave Club stuff to feel like you have the Oprah money. You would, but we now, Daryl Grove, can consider ourselves like fully Dollar Shave Club because in there, I believe you'll find a razor and razor blades. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hello. Hello, razor can, and razor you blades. You can finally shave. Daryl has not used a razor since Dollar Shave Club became a sponsor. He's been waiting for a razor. <laughs> he looks incredibly homeless, but now. Hey. <laughs> I, actually, I'm a few days behind on my shave. But now you can finally shave. You're not yeah. going with the, the fake narrative I'm creating as though you've been holding off shaving and have like a six foot long beard at this point. <laughs> oh, is that that's what, what I was going that's for? That's what you're picturing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, we'll let people think that. Between the two of us, Daryl, do you really think that I would be throwing stones about one of us looking slightly <laughs> shaggy and homeless? Well, yours, your beard is full but uh-huh. maintained, right? This is Mine true. is more like uh, in the wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in the wild. Oh, oh natural sometimes. Accidentally oh natural. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to try any of the products we've mentioned, there's also some toothpaste in there and the best tooth- toothbrush in the world. Oh, yes. I got another um, one of these. Actually, I'm really happy. Me too. Yeah. I, I, that was... I love the prep scrub, but I was like, ooh, another toothbrush. I don't have to worry about finding another one yep. because they've given me more. Yep. Right now, you can put the quality of Dollar Shave Club's products to the test. Their ultimate starter sets have basically everything you need for an amazing shower, close shave, or clean teeth. The best part is you can try each one for just $5. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular prices. Get your ultimate starter set for just $5 at dollarshaveclub.com slash TSS. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash TSS. TSS. And Taylor, I believe you will be putting the link in the show notes, especially now I've said you have to do it. I believe you are correct. I also <laughs> believe that we have done enough uh, semi-coherent rambling. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's probably now time to turn it back to a person who's far more informed and eloquent than we. So I'm out. Caitlin's in? Caitlin's in. All right. If the United States goes with the, the standard 433, it's roughly the same personnel we've seen, then the question comes back to, is it Sam Mewis? Is it uh, Lindsey Horan as the kind of third midfielder? If Rose Lavelle can go, you expect her to be in there. You expect Julie Ertz. So not even necessarily which of those two helps the United States more in dealing with transition. But like from a more general perspective, I think because I like Lindsey Horan so much, I'm just inclined to say like she should start. She's the best. I want her in there. But like yeah. what what for, for those, myself included, I guess, who aren't as familiar like what would you say are the like the kind of best things that uh sam Ewis brings and the best things that Lindsay horan brings to this team well i think samantha Mewis, first of all is the tallest field player the u.s has ever had so you know a height advantage especially on set pieces even though um you know she's not really necessarily known for scoring with her head i think that is an advantage uh sam Ewis is the player who takes the most shots from distance other than Megan Rapino on the team. And I think when Samantha Mewis does that, I think it forces back lines and midfields sort of be honest and kind of think about their positioning and making sure, um, you know, they're, they're left with a choice. Do we press Sam Mewis to make sure she doesn't get those shots off and risk leaving that space in behind? Or do we sort of sit back and let her take those shots? Mm-hmm. I think that forces uh, teams to kind of play a different way. Lindsey Horan has um, just incredible vision, um, 
with her passing. And I think she's just impactful in all the different phases of the game, whether it's defensively, whether it's possession, moving the ball, um, you know, uh, shooting. I mean, whatever it is, it, there's a reason that for the Portland Thorns, Mark Parsons, the coach of the Thorns, has made a very deliberate choice to sort of have everything flow through Lindsey Horan. She has this free role where he just wants her to find the game and impact it. And she was the MVP in the NWSL last season for a reason, because she was able to get really involved and she is a really good player. So I think it's an interesting debate when you talk about Samantha Mewis versus Lindsay Horan, because I actually thought Rose Lavelle didn't have a great game in the quarterfinal against France. Yeah, so in I'd my agree. mind, I was thinking maybe replace Lavelle with Horan. Then you can get Mewis and Horan at the field at the, on the field at the same time. But then I thought Lavelle had a great game against England in the semifinal. So, you know, that shows how much I know (laughs) for thinking that, you know, that should have been something that Jill Ellis should have done. Mm -hmm. So I I sort of feel like the U.S. has so many good options that, you know, not to take anything away from these individual players, but whoever they choose, I think they're going to be just fine. I mean, the level of talent that they have is so good that I just – I don't know if, if it's a decision that matters that much in the end. <laughs> That's fair. But so flipping it around then, for the Dutch, is there one player that you are slightly more nervous about or makes you more nervous than any other on that team? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, they have uh, Leaky Martins. I hope mm. I'm pronouncing her name right. I, you know, right I don't know. Um, obviously, she's an incredible player, player of the year. Um, I mean, you've honestly, you've probably watched the Dutch team more than I have throughout this tournament, um, just because... Uh, because you've you know, been traveling I try, I try, and trying to yeah, find air conditioning? <laughs> yeah, I try to watch as many games as I can, but when, you know, I'm in a hotel with terrible Wi-Fi, which unfortunately <laughs> has happened many times, I can't really stream the games. Um so actually, you know, I would flip it around to you. Like, who should mm-hmm. the U.S. be worried about? Yeah, I think uh, Van de Donk is the one that uh, Daryl uh, is most concerned about. I think he really appreciates what she kind of brings to the middle, both in terms of winning the ball back, but then uh, finding passing options and finding, like, uh, open like open players that didn't necessarily seem open when she first received the ball. And then uh, uh, Midema, uh, Viviana Midema, I think it is, up top. Uh, that's the other one that, like, we, I, again, we, we hesitate to compare women's players to men's and vice versa, but, like, she keeps reminding me of Dimitar Berbatov in this very just, like, I'm very calm, very collected. Like, it's really difficult to rattle her, it seems like, and yet she keeps popping up and finding space and finding shooting opportunities. And that seems like a thing that Ellen White did really effectively against the United States. So mm-hmm. Midema seems like the type of player who will be able to find those same little gaps between Sauerbrunn and Dahl Kemper if they're the starters or will be able to win like or put herself in advantageous positions to win headers over Kelly O'Hara. So she's the one that I am uh, slightly nervous about. But again, I go back to I feel like if the U.S. kind of plays their game, uh, does things properly, they should be able to get the result. That's my hope. But I also yeah. then know that it's uh, Jill Ellis's job to sort of not let the United States look past this game, get too excited about the final. So has there been much talk about how Jill Ellis has gone about keeping the players grounded and keeping the players prepared for the World Cup final? Well, the team has definitely been staying in their bubble. They talk about that a lot. And you know, from what I've heard, um, that's really something that is set by Jill Ellis. She doesn't really want the players to be distracted. They aren't really doing that much media. Um, in 2015, when they made the World Cup final, 
U.S. Soccer hosted a big media day where, if I'm remembering correctly, every single player on the team was made available. It was in this giant uh, conference room at the Sheridan in downtown Vancouver, and all the players were there at different tables, and reporters could go up and talk to them. There were TV setups, and every player went through them. That is not happening this time around. We got four players today um, at the media availability. That is the most we've gotten the entire tournament. Usually we've just gotten two players per day and that's it. And, you know, I know that some outlets and some journalists that, you know, in World Cup past maybe got one-on-ones with players are not getting that this time around. I think there's really been a effort to sort of make sure that the players are not distracted and are not doing too much other than focusing on this World Cup and being ready for it. So I think that's really been um, sort of the strategy the whole time, and it doesn't really seem like it's changing. The team uh, wants to avoid doing too much media, wants to avoid too many distractions. Um, You know, sometimes when the players are asked about things, they say they haven't really seen it. Um, And I, I think... I buy that they probably haven't been paying as much attention to some of the stuff as we all have. That makes sense to me. Uh, who are the who are the four who were made available? If you don't mind me asking, it was Alex Morgan, Kelly O'Hara, Rose Lavelle, and Lindsey Horan. All right. So, w- do we feel like we can like draw anything from that? That maybe those four will definitely be involved on Sunday. Not at all. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> not at all. Perfect. No. Because actually, it was funny. Um, for one of the uh, pregame crest conferences, I think it was the the final group stage match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and Press was the designated player for that press conference, and I was talking to a guy from the BBC, and he was confused. He said, "Why? Uh, why didn't Chris and Press start? She yeah. came out in the press conference." And I said. That means absolutely nothing. See, I was one of those <laughs> they, two. Yeah, th- they don't they don't give any hints or wow. anything like that. Like the reason Kristen Press was chosen was because she played in Sweden. I think they, you know, okay. it has nothing to do with who's going to play. Oh, so yeah. See, I was I definitely thought it was a rule that like if you were involved in the press conference that that meant you had to be involved in in the match day, but uh, evidently not. So good to know. I, I've learned <laughs> yet another thing from you, Caitlin. Thank you for that. Well, I'm trying to remember. Did. Kristen Press come on as a sub against Sweden? I don't know, but I, I feel like that would be a slippery slope if yeah. FIFA was selling coaches, you have to play certain players. I, I don't think they would do that. So uh, That's a fair point. Yeah, I think it's just a random, you know, selection of players. Throw us off the scent, maybe. There you go. <laughs> well, then my final question, uh, and it's the most important question, is did the United States end up moving into England's hotel after they knocked England out? They sure did. Yeah, and I have to say... <laughs> I can see why they moved. I think their new hotel is a lot nicer. <laughs> um, it seems like it used to be a church, maybe. It sort of looks like a chapel in the lobby, and there's like religious imagery and all the molding. But it's at the top of some like hill mm-hmm. in Lyon. It has incredible views of the city. Very nice hotel. Um, yeah, I see why the U.S. wanted to go there. Right. So. Um, and- and from what you've heard, were they able to get Phil Neville's teardrops out of the comforter, or was that not a major issue? 
I'm sure they uh, called ahead of time and made arrangements for that. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, Caitlin, thank you very much for uh, all that you've done for the show. Uh, thank you very much for all the coverage you've provided. And uh, we look forward to reading your coverage after the uh, the World Cup final, hopefully a successful World Cup final. And then we look forward to you uh, returning to Portland. But until then, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. No problem. It has been fun. Thanks. Thanks. 